Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. What's up, guys? Before we get into the episode, I want to let you know we are finally doing our first merch drop at the Unlaced Podcast. It's taken us about 100 shows to get there, but we finally have a couple of T-shirts and this beautiful hat that I'm wearing coming to you in the next few weeks. Now, this is going to be an exclusive range. There's not going to be a whole heap of units. So if you guys want to get in quick, there is a link in the episode here. Put in your details. Give yourself the best opportunity to get one of these tees. This is the white faded bony heavy tee. I'm calling it the smiley tee. It's got some of the sayings from the show on the back. And of course, one of my favorites, probably the favorite, is the humanized tee. These are a bit heavy, oversized type t-shirts. You'll absolutely love them. Get amongst them early. I love you all for the support. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. I appreciate you all coming back again. As I always say, if you are new here, please give us a like and subscribe. It's how we grow. And if you've come back again, I absolutely love you. No more breaks, no more delays for the rest of the year. We're coming hot with episodes and super ecstatic to have a man on today that I admire, not just for his... um, ability on field, but I think we all know the mental fortitude and my favorite word on this podcast, as I always say, but the mental fortitude shown off field um, over the last 12 months and, you know, going over probably the next few months as well. But Melbourne Storm fullback, Ryan Pappenhausen, good to have you on, mate. No, thanks for having me on. I think I've been on before, I reckon, way back with the four-point crew, but yeah. Um, yeah, good to be one-on-one and um, no, thanks for having me on. Mate, just how, let's just run through the last few weeks because- yeah. Um, you admire me. You just uh, you can't stop smiling since I've seen you. And I'm like, <laughs> is that just how you are, or is oh. it has it been tough? Oh, it's been tough. Yeah, without a doubt. I think. Um, I think the first week or two after I sort of broke my leg, I was the boys were still in the competition, so I'm sort of sitting there. And I think last year when I did my knee, I I knew I was no chance of being back and playing, and um, mm. sort of set that set me up. So once I was out, I was out, and I was cool mentally. But I think this time around, it was like. Fuck, I got so close to being back and um, yeah, and then I obviously hurt myself and the boys were still playing. I was like, shit, like what could have been, you know? <laughs> I knew they could have still won the premiership. I knew that I could have been a part of that. Um, that was taken away from me, but it sounds bad. But once they were out, sort of. It helps. Yeah, it helps yeah, it a does. little bit. Yeah, but. of course. Because you, oh, well, I think if you play, it makes a big difference as well. So there's probably that aspect of your own selfish perspective, but for everyone involved in the storm, it's like, so not just being upset for you. It's like, well, at the key part of the season, that was the whole purpose of getting you back was to like come when it came to the crunch. <laughs> yeah, literally had a rest all season, come <laughs> yeah, back for the finals yeah. and uh, yeah, with five minutes. And like that was the thing too. There was five minutes to go in oh. the game. Like we'd, we'd already lost. It was five minutes to go. Stupidly put myself in a position and um, I don't know. I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Me so. too. But like, don't get me wrong. Surely we, we can both agree. Like we've got to struggle to understand this one. Like yeah. I, I do agree though. I'm hundred percent the biggest advocate of that, but it's still, it still hurts. It hurts me. Oh, hundred percent. But yeah, I think now I'm on the same page with everyone else. I think I'll be back uh, for round one next year. So I think that's probably why I'm smiling. We get nine weeks off now. So I'll go chill oh, out. So and- <laughs> technically, like if we look at a glass half full, you probably won't miss like three or four games. <laughs> No, I don't, yeah, yeah, like literally. In a the sense, bank, yeah, because yeah, if you're going to be back for like round one, yeah. that's like, so it's like, so that's a grade two hamstring. Let's yeah, just run true. with that. Could have been, yeah, yeah, pretty much. We, so we lost against Brisbane, so had to play the week after, beat the Roosters, and then versed Penrith in the prelim. So, okay, I essentially missed two games. Yeah. Why? If you look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to, trying to spin some shit here. Uh, but nah, um, the moment, uh, I just want to go to the moment when you came back because I don't think uh, the video did it justice, but that must have been like a bit of a drug, like when you came back on the field. I can't remember who was against. I don't know it was at Amy, but when you ran on towards the, towards the end of the game, the, the locks were flowing and the crowd was up. Like that that's, that was pretty cool to watch. It was, it was a pretty sick feeling, like um, – I liken it. It was similar to my debut, I reckon. But no one really knew who I was on my debut, so it was it was loud, but it was good for a different reason because it was my first game and whatnot. But um, yeah, when I ran on the field, I think the score was eighteen sixteen. I think we were just beating the Titans, so 
there was still a bit left in the game and I thought I can still add something here. So there was that excitement and the crowd got up and uh, yeah, it's it was the yeah, amazing reception I got from the crowd and yeah, hopefully you can get something similar when I come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, round two of it, no <laughs> doubt. Did you feel um, like because I, and I'm one thing the storm did, which I really loved was I think it was called in due time, like the kind of documentary they ran, which I actually watched because yeah. I was so fascinated by it. And particularly the guy, whoever the guy you were working with in the States, like shout out to him, but he, he seemed like he had a screw loose as well. He was, <laughs> he was making you do some crazy shit, but I do want to go back to that because, um, like, I don't know if you felt stronger than you'd ever been when you came back in a sense, but it looked like from the work you'd done that that potentially could have been the case. Yeah, I think uh, that trip over to America was, it's probably the best thing I've ever done for my career. That good that I think the whole trip um, would have cost, just for me, it would have been like 30 or 40K. <laughs> so Grilled paid for that. What? So, which are a sponsor of the club. and But I said, as soon as I came back, I said, I don't care whatever that cost I would pay to go do that again oh really so um, funnily enough it's in the works and hopefully I can go back in December but it just speaks volumes of what Bill was actually able to do and um, the confidence he gave me to come back it wasn't necessarily I didn't come back physically in much better shape but I had more of a program to work towards and it gave me confidence that I was going to come out the other side like, so okay yeah it was that- it was a very different approach to what you do here um, but at the same time if you're getting 20k for two weeks. I'm sure he's got all these alternative programs wow. in place. That's <laughs> um, grilled like that. I, I mean, look, yeah. I know Melbourne Storm is famous for eating grilled burgers after the game, which is so like it's um, unbelievable <laughs> in itself. But that's pretty cool that they mm-hmm. paid for that. But why? Why was it this Bill bloke? Can you give us a bit of background on him? Like, why was he the go-to for you? Yeah. What? So our um our head of performance, Lockie Penfold, he um, worked over with Golden State for a while. So he um. He had contacts over there and, and knew he was a guy who would be able to get me on the right track. And um, we've seen Latrell go over and do some work with him um, and come back and be be really confident in what he was doing. So, yeah, once that opportunity popped up, like he said, oh, actually, I've had conversations with him before. Let's see if he's interested in helping you out. And, um, yeah, push come to shove. And we, within a month, we were over there in Philadelphia. So, um, he calls himself a movement specialist. Um, he's got like a skiing background, so he's good with knees and ankles and oh, everything. Really? Um, but yeah, you go to his his studio, which is in like it's in Philadelphia. So the Philadelphia Union soccer team, their academy trains out of there. Oh wow! Um, and he's just got his office like, and he uses their gym. So it's nothing spectacular, but it's just more his approach to things and the way he he goes about it. But it was cool. Um, I learned a lot, and as I said, I'm. Pretty keen to go back over there. So hopefully December we can do it again. <laughs> was it hard though? Like the, it looked, I don't know if, if it was like just from the footage that you showed and you obviously had a lot of downtime to to do some cool stuff or chill out, but it looked like pretty intense, some of the training yeah. you're doing, particularly like the pool work and stuff. I was like, fuck that, that looks like I would have drowned. Yeah. It was a different hard, I reckon. Like you, you think of hard training here and that's like running MAS and long distances and wrestle sessions and tackling each other. But this one was just challenging I reckon like hard because it was challenging like you had to I had to push myself to parts where I was uncomfortable physically it wasn't like I was the heart rate wasn't going through the roof but it was more about okay put money in this position oh it's okay in that position and then moving on to the next step so um how he structured the day is you go two hours in the pool in the morning um, and that essentially sets you up for the afternoon session so he looks at what you're doing there and then goes okay I'll take that and we'll do that in the afternoon so you go two hours morning have a little break in the middle and then you go back two hours in the gym and do that for two weeks. Do you have a social life at all whilst you were there? Or was it um, like chips in, like just? Yeah, it was pretty. So I think we did like four days on, one day off, five days on or two days off, something like that. So right. the days you're training, you yeah, not really. I think we went to we went to the basketball a couple of times. Did you do um, anything with the NFL team or anything like that? No, we didn't go to the Eagles or anything. You got the basketball. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, we went to the 76ers facilities and – that's um, right. I think I saw you. I think I saw you there. That was pretty sick. Like just to experience all of that and just see the technology they've got there too. So really? like, what are they? With their shooting, um, I think they're shooting. Like they got the two practice courts, but they got cameras there. <coughs> so the cameras actually can identify who's taking the shot, and then it reports it live to the screen. So you can see like the feedback straight away of where it hits it on the rim, who's shooting the shot, what your percentage is, and oh. I don't know. Just to see that side of things was really cool, but. 
Um, no wonder Ben like, Simmons went to Brooklyn. That's <laughs> fucking. That's not oh. ideal. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was cool to be able to do those things. So we'd finish like two or three o'clock in the Arvo, um, and then yeah, we pretty much had freedom. If we wanted to go watch the basketball, he'd be like, okay, we won't start at seven in the morning. We'll push back to nine. Mm. So he was pretty flexible. Um, he had a couple other guys, um, Emmanuel Mosley, working there as well, who's just gone to the Detroit Lions. So. Um, we sort of worked in tandem. Like I'd be seven to nine, he'd be nine to eleven, and then the afternoon session would be the same. So he um, he's a busy man. I don't know how he keeps his energy. His energy is so high throughout yeah. the whole day. Like he's it's unbelievable. Like the amount of work, and he's just nonstop chatting to you throughout the whole <laughs> thing. And he does not change throughout the two weeks. And then as soon as I come back, he's messaged me and um, just stayed on top of everything. But yeah, it's it's quite amazing to see. Well, I, I know why he's so successful. Right. Purely being over there and seeing it. That's pretty cool. I, as stupid as it sounds, because we've spoken a lot about um, knee injuries, ACLs and so forth on this. Um, it's obviously very common in sport. Yeah. Um, and always it's been spoken about. It's like more than just an injury. It's like life changing and there's a whole sort of mental aspect to it. And some days you can't, you literally can't move. So you're just with your own real estate, which is, you know, it can be challenging on the best of days for some people. But going through that experience, do you think that, has helped for you to come go through these next few months, even though it's not yeah. where you want to be? Oh, I think so. I think um, that was my sort of first long-term injury. and Was it your first injury ever? Like first, first like surgery. Be- yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. First surgery. So uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty brutal. But at the same time, I didn't appreciate someone who'd gone through a long-term injury before. Yeah. I was quite like, oh, it's just a 12-month thing. And, you know, like you can do heaps of things in 12 months. Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, but you're right. Like, there's there's days where you just you're sitting there like I can't move. Like, will I be able to do a leg press again? You know, it's yeah, like yeah. you're doing it one week and then you go back the next and you can't do it and you're just trying to figure this thing out and then that's consuming your mind and it actually takes away from you doing other things that you want to. Hmm. Um, and you just can't enjoy things for what they are. So, like I went to the AFL Grand Final last year and I was sitting there, but I was thinking about my knee. So it's oh. like everything you're doing is involved in it, and it's hard not to when it's just. Pain twenty four seven, but um, I guess the ankle is a little bit different now. I, I'm a lot more comfortable in the boot, uh, but yeah, there's there's some dark periods there, and I definitely got an appreciation for people who are going through it now and who have been through it before. So. Man, it's gonna make I don't know whoever the higher power is. I swear they give their hardest tasks to some of the strongest <laughs> soldiers, don't they? But um, mate, on the on the positive twist, I actually I love watching you play play footy, and I've got a quote here that I wrote down because. I want to make sure I get it get it right, but I, I was thinking I was thinking about watching you play, and I'm like, there's very few things that another grown man can do to get another grown man off their chair. But you know, when you make those drives out of fullback with your luscious blonde hair, and you're timing the run to to receive a pass to break a line and just run home, and put a try, which is your probably your one of your famous traits in the NRL. Yeah, um, yeah. breaking lines for tries, it, it generally gets like other grown men older than you <laughs> off their seat, which is rather concerning, but also kind of cool. Um, have you always been like lightning quick? Um, oh, yeah, I guess so. Like I, I don't reckon I've done any training. I reckon it's probably <laughs> genetics. It's definitely not me old man. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just always been quick. I don't know. Yeah, it must just be good genes. So I did little A's as a kid and, um, did some speed training when I got to Melbourne, but before that, I was yeah, I would have said I was pretty fast. So not sure what it was. Probably just right, so I've got the color. I've got the color, but don't, I can't run. <laughs> I'm just the, the the slow endurance jogger. That's just really, really hard. That's the hard thing to watch about you for for me. But um, like going back to to sort of where it all began because I've never really spoke to you about it, and I actually only I knew you were from New South Wales, obviously through Origin and so forth, but I didn't realize you were like Western Sydney. Yeah, which is um. Yeah. Mate, Western Sydney's huge, by the way. That's like a whole. I, I I think Western. I think Sydney has two cities. It's like Western Sydney's kind of like its own own state 100%. in a in a sense. It's yeah. that big as well. Yeah. Um. But when did the journey start with league? Um. So I probably started playing league when I was five or six. Um. At the Kellyville Bush Rangers. So that's out west. Um. And then, yeah, sort of went through the pathways of that. Um. Just played it to because I liked playing it. So. Um, Were was, you always a fullback? Nah, nah, nah. I played different positions. Um, I was probably changed to fullback when I was at 16. So right. um, that's when the game changed, but I'll, I'll get to that. But we would, I sort of grew up playing footy with mates, 
Then I went to Oak Hill College and that was a union school. So I'd do league on the Sunday and then I'd do union on the Saturday. So I don't like looking back, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but um everyone did it. It was quite normal and then you'd play like three games of touch footy during the week. So it was like I was pretty active. Um probably didn't get as much schoolwork done as <laughs> probably liked and reflected in the ATAR, but um, <laughs> <laughs> get all up right now. I don't have an ATAR, no, so we're all good. Yeah, mate. Actually, it's weird. It's down here. Did you go for an eight? Like, no, nah, well, here, here we have VC at Narcs. Well, yeah. I mean, I was one of the ones who went to the AIS. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. went to this public high school where you can choose to it's do tertiary so. or yeah. accredited. And yeah. we all chose accredited. So, you just turn off and get your name yeah. ticked. Looking back, like, it doesn't, it didn't really matter. Like, it's, nah. it doesn't matter at all. Like, I'd probably wish I, I didn't, I wasn't a stress head at school, but. Like I knew that I needed to get work done, and like I was school captain in year twelve, so it was <laughs> like, actually, the pressure was right you on. You do, do have school captain vibes, man. <laughs> you do, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just like the um the chick school captain. She was like over ninety eight, like just like pure, just great student. And here I am. I think I finished up with like sixty nine. I actually had sixty nine eight. So it's not the worst, but like no, that's. I'll take that. Yeah, but like, it's that, good to tell I'd rather people. be seventy or sixty eight. Yeah. So 60 to I know all I wanted to do was get onto like physical activity and health science at uni. So I was like, that was, footy got me into that anyway. But um, yeah, back on school, like I just, I had a good time at school um, and I'm happy I did that. I sort of obviously had to be responsible being a captain and whatnot, but all my close mates now are from school. So we grew up um, playing footy. We weren't all in the same division. It was like some of the boys were division two, three, but um, we still hung out and then, yeah, transitioned from it been, I guess, a hobby to getting paid for it. And, um, yeah. When did that, when did, what age did that happen? Uh, I reckon I first started getting paid when I was 15 is or 16. Y- is that maybe? young? Is that normal? Uh, yeah. I that think seems pretty young. young. I reckon it's quite normal now. Okay. Um, it wouldn't have been much. It would have been like, I reckon they just would have paid for uni and maybe oh, like right. a couple grand on the side, you know, it wasn't like a. Yeah, still though, at, at that yeah. age, that's like, that's a, that's a hundred K yeah. deal type thing. It's pretty cool. And then I reckon Six, 16, 17, 18, maybe like 30K. So like, oh, that's, you know, that's like, money, bro. Yeah, well, like I was lucky. I didn't have to. It's like I 10 did years work. ago, right? I did work on the side, right? Like I, I did um, like sports clinics for Motivate Sports, which is a big company. Um, oh, they're around Australia now, but um, that's what I did. And then I'd ref touch footy games. So I'd go play the last game of the night, but I'd ref the three or four beforehand <laughs> three times a week. And it was like. I'm doing that. I'm playing. I'm playing union on the Saturday and I'm playing league on the Sunday. Actually, so you breathing rugby. I loved, yeah. Anything with, I guess, that shape footy, I was all over. But it wasn't just that. Like I'd played cricket. I'd do any sport I could. I think it was just the amount of sport that I could do to a maximum, I'd do it because mm. that means less time doing homework, less time yeah, sitting I, at home and doing that. More. But um, I think mum and dad were pretty big on that too. They didn't put me into a sport specifically. They were just like, try everything. Um, and then, yeah, see how you go. I know mum was pretty big on trying to get me into soccer and I was stuff. just thinking, you know what, I'm being serious I, because obviously the way you move and stuff, like, uh, and obviously I haven't seen your footwork, but other than you can kick a, a, a ball yeah. though, through the, through the bloody poles, no, no problem. But I reckon you could, your type of athleticism could translate into a lot of sports. Yeah. Which is, which is very, like, I mean, I think rugby is one of the toughest sports or league in particular, but still, I think you, you definitely could have. Yeah. Well, growing, like growing up in, I guess, Western <coughs> Sydney, it wasn't like heart West, like Northwest Sydney, we call it, but, um, like AFL and footy, it just wasn't big there. You know, it yeah. wasn't. And like, I really wish I gave it a go when I did. Cause I remember like, it was very fresh. Like kids were making rep sides who were making our fourth division rugby side. And I was like, oh, like. Yeah. Cause I'd, they needed players. But then it, like, it wasn't cool. To then go give it a go, it's like, oh, if they're making it, like, you was know, GWS like, around at this they point? They were going pretty hard at that point, I think. Okay. So they had a few, um, a few games like around the ovals around our house just to get like, the promotion <laughs> up and whatnot. And you hear guys be in the Swans Academy too. And um, I reckon that's when like Paul Ruse was real big in Sydney and yeah. like, pushing that sort of thing. But um, yeah, never, never got approached, but really wish I tried it. Uh, but yeah, I guess league, league's the main sport around that area. And um, you're just inspired by the people around you. So I'd thought that's my pathway. And once I started getting paid for it, I was like, well, I do have a choice, but I don't have a choice. You know, mm. like I've, I've got to commit to this. And, um, 
yeah, happy I did because it's, it's turned out right now. So which club were you affiliated with before the storm, like going through the pathways? Um, so I was, well, obviously Western Sydney is like Parramatta region. So played all my junior footy under a Parramatta-based club. Yeah. Um, child for a team. I was pretty shit ass to be honest. Like I <laughs> just a little scrawny kid and um, you're versing a lot of Polynesian blokes and Ugh. I don't know. It's just weird trials. I I find like those possibles and probables games. I just I'm the worst trialist yeah, in the so world. I I couldn't get a groove of it. Even like through school trials and whatnot. Like I just couldn't get amongst. It was weird. I'd, yeah, I, agree. I to be honest, I don't think it's a way going forward. I don't know if it's the same now, but I think they've got to do something different because like so many people would have been. Fucking cutthroat, man. Yeah, it's cutthroat. It's, it's, I, yeah. I, I spoke to this about one of my mates once. So I reckon it's like at that age, it is as big as it gets. Like that day of trials, whatever it is, How there's nothing big. Yeah, man. Like, like to be honest, my junior career, I was I was very fortunate to um make a lot of those teams. But as soon as I like had to trial at a pro level, even though I was kind of more established, I used to shit myself. Yeah. I, I was I was a it's terrible so trialist, man. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like you don't you don't know what you're coming up against and like I've, you know how, like I've thrived in a system where I've got good players around me and it's mm. it's structured, whereas possibles and probables, you're playing <laughs> with kids from all over the state. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes that person doesn't get to flourish because it's not their environment. And mm. that's how I look at things now. It's like you can go to a trial and sometimes the worst kid on the field is probably going to turn out to be the best. One, because he's got that drive, but mm. two, because you just need to put him in a system that works. So, Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just sort of went through that way and. Um, yeah, didn't make any Parramatta sides. Um, and then had a year off footy actually. And then come like through touch footy, all my mates played for a team that fell under the Balmain competition. So I was like, Fuck, I'll give it a go and I'll play with you. And it fell on a Sunday, which was perfect because Union was on Saturday. Um, so when I played for the Dundas Shamrocks, they fell under the Balmain district and yeah, started making development sides and it didn't feel real serious because I was playing with my mates still. And it was like, the team we had at Dundas was the team we'd play with for Balmain development. So we're just wearing a different jersey pretty much. <laughs> um, so it was really good fun and um, we'd, yeah, win a few games and you'd play like three or four games against like Roosters and Bulldogs and whatnot. Um, and then from that, turns into Harold Matts, which is under 16s, and then SG Ball, which is under 18s. And I'd stayed at Balmain for both of them. Um, and then once that finished up, signed a deal with Melbourne and Matt, so were you like, I, I don't know if you're being humble here, but were you always like deemed a, an elite kind of junior and youth oh. level player or did you kind of take your run late and you've kind of grabbed the ball by the horns as no. such? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think there would have been people who've seen something in me, but I I wouldn't have seen myself as elite or, you know what I mean? Like That's I fucking crazy, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, which I think. Which I is good for all the kids out there to know. It's like, cool. And I think there's like that capacity to, even when I came down to Melbourne, I wasn't elite. Like I was, I worked really hard, don't get me wrong. And I learned that down here that there's much more to the game than scoring tries and putting on pretty passes and stuff. It was like, you got to work hard and that will become your base. Mm. And then from that, do all that. And I was like, oh, like, it just is clicked. Like, is that like Bellamy? Yeah. Is that the Bellamy sense? Yeah. And you're just like, now I'm just really confident with what I need to do in the off season, what I need to do for preseason and constantly working on something new to go into the season with. So um, I'm really lucky I, I came into a system that drives hard work and rewards hard work. And off the back of that, I've got some really good influences around me that um, will watch my game and try and make it better. So Can, can you tell me like how that, um, whether it's a phone call or situation, how like Melbourne Storm that came up because yeah. one like as much I don't know if it's like it in the NRL, but people in the AFL, particularly Melbourne based players, when they get drafted, yeah. like really don't want to go into state. <laughs> like no one does. But Storm, obviously, our demographic of the sport is a, a lot of it's outside of Victoria, yeah. so we have to try and attract players here. So yeah, I'm interested to know how that process goes. Yeah, so um, it would have came. I think I played, I actually spoke about our recruitment. I spoke to our recruitment officer the other week about, he was at the club when they were sort of looking at me and I said, look, can you just tell me how it all came about? Because oh, I'm interested, you know. This is and, cool. And, yes. he, and he, he spoke to, he's like, oh yeah, so it would have been SG Ball, which is under 18s. Um, I think we versed Parramatta. So it was the old club. Like it was, it was, it was on, you know. And, <laughs> and they, were the, they were the buzz team of the side and um, had two really good half halves in their team and, our game plan was really simple, but like I just remember this clearly. It was like run at their halves and take them out of the game. 
which then allowed me to get into the game. He's like, you did some good stuff, but we thought like you were so courageous and you took the game on. And I was like, that's cool to hear. You know? like, oh, what? That- and that's what, that's what got them um, interested in signing me. So later that year, I played a curtain raiser for State of Origin and that was down the MCG. So like, how rare is that origin at the MCG what? after they sort of earmarked me? And um, yeah, it wasn't long after that, that yeah, phone call come in and um, I had a manager at the time. So it's like, I still have a manager, same manager. At the oh, time really? It was, yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they sort of called, everything goes through the manager. So like, I don't personally get a call. Was um, it Bellamy that called him? Or was it like nah, people like this? it would have been like the recruitment guys. Like and they, those recruitment guys are fucking geniuses yeah, at Storm, aren't they? Well, and then like to figure out what they've done after, well, throughout that process. So between watching me in that game and calling my manager saying we've got a contract, it was like they'd call like school teachers or they'd ask like, <laughs> they'd get like references to see how I was as a person. I'm like, well, lucky I was half decent at school and I didn't school fuck captain. up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they well. Might, they might have missed the ATAR though. <laughs> all of those, like all of those things that, like I said, everything happens for a reason. I didn't go down the path of being that kid who was a bit of a rat bag. Um, I easily could have. I probably was when I first started high school. Mm. Um, but yeah, that all paid off and they saw something in me and um, yeah, it came to a decision where, like you said, there's no draft. So it's you're pretty much a free agent when you've got a year left on your contract. So I had a year left at the Tigers um, and yeah, Melbourne called and said, we'll offer you a contract. Tigers said, yep, we'll, um, we'll match the offer. Damn. But it's not like it's not like the footy where if they match it they keep it. It was like I get to choose. That's cool. So I went. Um, Mum and Dad were really cool with it. They sort of said Melbourne's got this reputation for turning. Yeah, Dust I guess your dreams diamonds. into reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I said, "Yep, I'll I'll take that and um, yeah, sign the deal and went oh, down to man, Melbourne." Have so. not looked back, man. Have you? Yeah. So you debut. I think you came when you were like nineteen. Yep. Was, yeah, nineteen, yep. and, you made your, and then came. you made your debut like pretty much the the next year. Was you were twenty? Yeah, so I, I assume that's not easy to do at Storm, by the way, as well, because I know there's a lot of good guys that don't get games because the team's so good. Yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a weird one. I think the first year I came down here, I think it's sort of well documented. I was like third or fourth string fullback <laughs> at the time, and can like, we go through the ones in front of you just to? Well, like yeah, so. <laughs> Like, it's a pretty good list. Yeah, that's and right. still that, played, that's you know? like, I want to reel it off. So you got Scott Drinkwater, who's now at the Cowboys, and I think he polled really well at Daly M's the other night, so he's killing it. Fuck. Um, Jerome Hughes, who's our halfback yeah. now, um, and then Billy Slater. So, <laughs> <laughs> so three pretty handy fullbacks yeah. above Jesus me. But Christ. They, um, like, it all come about too. Like, I was really lucky. So I think in one of the trials, Drinky tore his peck, and it was like the last trial. So he was probably... He was probably one behind Billy, and then it was like probably Hughesier than me. But he tore his pecs, and then in the next trial, I got an opportunity, and I didn't light the world on fire or anything. I just sort of did my job, and mm. um, yeah, just bide my time through that year. Played a bit of Queensland Cup, and yeah, the next year I think next year he went to the Cowboys. Um, Billy retired, so Hughesier was fullback. And then in the game, I didn't know. I didn't know Jerome Hughes was a fullback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- so, that like doesn't stack up because I watch him play now, and he's like so natural it's, in his position. He's worked so hard, but I guess it was a bit of a masterstroke by the coach again to move him there. Mm. Um, but that only when they moved him there in 2019, it was like back half of 2019. We were we were going pretty good. We were making finals and stuff. Yeah. Um. So they moved him in the halfback, and that's when I got my opportunity at fullback. So. <sighs> He, like, it's pretty crazy to think about. He started playing halfback midway through 2019. He won a premiership in 2020 as a halfback. That's like, <laughs> unbelievable. You know I mean? And I was a you fullback. You were the same yeah. as a fullback, right? So, um, oh, yeah. Well, Clive Churchill medalist as well, mate. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's been, it's it's quite a crazy journey. And, and it, like, there's always luck involved. Like, I'm, I'm not going to shirk away on that. Like, that's just part of sports sometimes. You need to be fit when others aren't. And, um, I guess that's the opportunity for others now. Well, to, yeah, but that's what I yeah, want to say. Like, okay. f- yeah, I fucking take the luck because look how it can go sometimes in sport. Like, exactly. It's not right. always fair, like, right? You'd, like, yeah, you think you're flying and you think you're going to play every game for um, every year. But I think, yeah, I've had my reality check the last couple or 18 months. And um, yeah, it's, it gives other people an opportunity to have a crack. And I'm I'm not filthy on that. I'm actually like I was in that position. So I know how it feels. And mm. um, 
it's it's good luck to him. You grab that opportunity and don't let it go. You know, I I got to fight for my spot back, and yeah. that's the reality of it. And I'm willing to do that because I know that if someone was gifted a spot when I had that opportunity, it just wouldn't feel right. So yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy to think back on. That's three years now, three years ago now that we won a premiership, and four years ago that I debuted. <laughs> yeah, I know. What the ha- when do you when you can we just go to that the year you guys won because. Um, like it was such a young team as well, but at the same time you had like legends yeah. in, in your team. So it was such a weird dynamic, but pretty cool to watch from the outside, particularly because obviously I'm a Storm fan because there's no one, no one else to go for, <laughs> which I'm very proud of Like because Sydney Swans always kind of dominate AFL and I love the fact that we dominate NRL. 100%. Um, but just that year in itself, like, and maybe to go, go sorry, into a quicker question of that, just walking into that change in when you've got Cameron Smith and the Billy Slaters and like pretty much like there's statues of them outside the ground. So just like, is that overwhelming at all? Were you, were you able to kind of enjoy that and embrace it? Or is it is it really kind of hard too? Because like, I don't think those guys could live in Queensland and like go no. to Coles and it'd be normal for them, right? No. Like, I think they have to kind of play for a storm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Like that's someone of that stature they got to be down here and they felt safe down here and comfortable down here. That's why they Was that a big so part long. of it? Like outside of storm being great, was that a big part of it for them? Like, to yeah. not get hounded. Like out if, of the bubble, yeah. yeah if Cameron Smith yeah. played for the Broncos, he'd be, be oh, mauled everywhere he went. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a massive appeal to those blokes. And like, Billy's from up Cairnsway. Like, he, he's got a farm down here now. <laughs> he's, he's got two kids and his wife and they just chill out here and they love Melbourne. So you'd think like, people in Melbourne are trying to escape to go to Cairns, but he's actually built his life down loves here now. Here. And loves that's it cool. Here, so, um, yeah, I guess so. But like back to that question, I think I think you'd, like thinking back to it, it was so cool to be able to play. I didn't get to play too much with Billy, but I get to play with Cam a bit. And um, like looking back at that's massive. Like I'm so happy I got to play in his like when he broke the games record. I got to play in the game where he broke the points record. And it's like I was fresh and I felt quite normal back then. But I think he did a really good job of throughout training, like desensitizing us to playing with him if that that doesn't that like sounds how, weird yeah no like, i get it but like you know? how would you say he was able to do that because that's genius that's leadership well, like, i think just the way he interacted with it, he interacted just like he was his mate you know oh, like, that's cool as fuck. here's smithy who's i don't know in his 30s and here's me who's 19 and we're like <laughs> best mates you know like <laughs> that's so cool and he just made you feel he had that feeling about him if, if you walked into a room with him he made you feel like you were you were right. wanted you're his mate um i think that like desensitizes you to realizing how special it is to play with him and it's cool looking back on but I'm actually happy that at the time I wasn't overawed by playing with him because it was mm. it was real calm he was collected and he'd do a lot of work during the week and that just told you in a good stead to be like oh I want to take the field with this bloke now. yeah so, well take let's go into that let's go into the grand final because that was like a I don't know I mean I, I think you could play like that all the time with your style of play <laughs> but it was also because I mean it's just um, unbelievable what you did that day but Going into that game, were you guys confident that the result was going to go your way? Because we storm, we've been to finals before. We haven't always won them. Yeah. I mean, we have won a lot, but we haven't won them all the time. So, yeah, I think standing out to me would be watching the prelim. So we'd we'd won our game, and then we're watching the prelim. I think it was Penrith versus South. Uh, mind you, we're at Twin Waters because it's in lockdown, so we're all watching as a team together. It was like twenty five degrees. Like it was it was a beautiful day. I remember watching it clearly, but. Um, I was actually sitting next to Smithy at the time. It was a real close game, but Penrith scored to go ahead and he started like cheering. And I was like, what's he like? Why is he happy? Like these guys are on 17 win streak. Like his, And then like after speaking to him, it was like, oh, they're just a young side. And um, like we've got guys in our team who have been there before. Like South's a, a dangerous team, don't get me wrong, but I think we, yeah, we want to verse the Panthers. So it was like that instant moment. I was like, fuck, I want to verse the Panthers now, you know? (laughs) That's cold. And then like they come in on a 17 win streak and I don't know what the odds were for the game, but we were definitely the underdogs. Um, And then, yeah, after 20 minutes, we're up 20, after 40 minutes, we're up 20 nil. After 45, we're up 26 nil. It was crazy. How many tries did you get in that game? I scored one. So it was 20 nil and I scored the first one in the second half. And then you were just kicking bombs from... No, Smith, I think Smithy. Oh, Smithy was still on that the game, kick, wasn't he? Pretty, yeah, he was kicking that game. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those moments where I was like, "Shit, we're, we could probably win this here." And like twenty six nil up, I think there was twenty minutes to go, and I just 
put myself in that mistake of thinking it's over. Yeah, because they came, they had, they crept, didn't they? They came right back. It got to 26-20 with a minute to go. We kicked off, but we had 11 guys on the field. They had like 13 for the last few minutes because we got like sent to the bin and everything. Who got sin bins? I think Felice. So it would have been our, yeah, right back rower. And then cheese who was on the field oh, so yeah, like because i remember the, i remember the last like uh yeah i remember the last part of the game was like fuck how like how is this happening oh it was unbelievable and it was like credit to them they showed a bit of fire oh but, yeah and then it, like they've <laughs> gone on to potentially win the next three in a row now so <laughs> I know. we obviously heard of it a little bit there. <laughs> we'll take credit for that thanks penrith but yeah. um no nah, like after they scored that try to get within six it was just like it was actually exciting because we practice for those situations. Like you practice to be down to 11 men and just to scramble. And we're like, we well, just got to scramble for one minute and we mm. win the premiership. Fuck. Like, there's no bigger motivation. I'll, than, I'll throw my head everywhere in that, that moment, so right? Yeah. You watch those last 30 seconds and they were throwing the ball around. But yeah, once we got the ball back, um, pure elation. What eh? a it was, feeling. Oh, it was unbelievable. Did you have any idea that you were going to get the illustrious award of the Churchill Medal? Um so after the game, there's a lady who I always forget her name, which I should remember, but she um she obviously like does the producing or the ground stuff for um the awards. So she came up to me and said, Oh, like you've won the Clive Churchill what, Medal. They tap you on the shoulder. They tap you on the shoulder. They do that in the AFL. They, yeah, I don't think I don't they know. do. That's I so, don't like that. But but, <laughs> but so that's they, cool. They tap yeah. So I was made aware, but straight away as soon as she told me, I just remember Similar thing happened a couple of years ago with Jarabuya Hargraves mm. and Jack Whiten. So Roosters won the grand final. Um, Warrior Hargraves got told he won it. Oh, no. But then they got to the ceremony, like the <laughs> stage, and Jack Whiten from the losing team won it. So I was like, I'm just going to, like, cool, you've told me that. I'm excited, but I'm also like, I'm not going like, to. Oh, so you, you, know? were, you were doubting, like, I was like, you oh, I don't want that to happen to me, you know? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, then they called my name out. I was like, fuck, oh, that's actually Pretty cool. And the boys got around me. So how old are you at this point? Uh, what was that? 21 or 21 or 22. That is. So, yeah. So it was only my second year in there. But like I said, like I'm, I'm really fortunate that the way we play, the style of footy we play probably makes me look better than what I actually am. And um, I think <laughs> – Funny story. I think they paid out for Smithy on the Clive Churchill medal at half time. So he was killing it. And then obviously had a good second half and um, they had to pay out me as well. <laughs> so, what the fuck? But yeah, I think like, it could have gone to me, Smithy. It could have gone to a few other boys in the team for sure. But I think my style of footy and um, yeah, the way we played as a club, um, I was just lucky enough that I got to, to be that guy on that day. And um yeah, it's pretty special. Is moment. that like it? That's etched in his, history forever, right? Like that. That's one of those. I mean, I, I, I love NRL, but AFL is more sort of what I know. But Norm Smith, I mean, you've you've you paid money for the rest of your life <laughs> being, being a Norm Smith medalist, yeah. too, coming up to Grand Final week and so forth. So it is. Yeah, it is really cool. And then at the same time, I'm. I don't know. I feel like I can sort of bring myself back to earth pretty quickly. I'm like, I've just I just played one good game, you know. Like, yeah. You get an award for playing one good game. And it's like you can't sort of set your career on that. But at the same time, it's a massive achievement and I'm very proud that I was able to do it. But yeah, I think there's there's bigger things I want to achieve in my career. And um, it'll be something I'll look back on. And I think now at the NRL Grand Finals, past Churchill medal winners will present it. So that's that's pretty cool. You know, oh, like that is down cool. the track I'll be able to go and I wonder if you still have the locks. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I have to be respectable once I, uh, I have to get a respectable haircut once I finish. Do you footing. feel pressure to cut I mean it, it, it definitely oh. suits you. Like there's no doubt about yeah. it. And it is it is I mean it's a gorgeous head of hair. But <laughs> do you feel pressure? Because I feel like if you cut it, it affect, it could affect some people's lives. Yeah. Like well, children. I'd, in particular. I joked about it the other week. Yeah, I know. Potty. And I believed that. Oh, I believed it. And it was so bad. I got so much abuse from that. Like, <laughs> Did you actually? Parents messaging me like, my kid's going to be devastated. He's just started growing it. And I was like, oh, see what I mean? It's okay, a movement. Yeah, it's a movement. But I think, I don't know. I think the next step for me is I want to try to do something different to it. I don't think I want to get rid of it. But like I've dieted. I've like I've gone a bit lower. I've started doing the taper. I'm just like, how can it evolve? And then how can I transition out of it once footy's finished? Because <laughs> I don't know if it's… So you can't do a cold, like a cold yeah, turkey cut. Nah. So, I don't know. I'm just thinking of ways to evolve it at the moment, but nothing's really… Nothing's really there. Yeah. Um, just to go into the now, because uh, we just spoke of Penrith, but 
Um, and obviously you being from Western Sydney and I know how good Penrith is because obviously their success over the, the last few years, but do they actually have an advantage with like the, the pool of the area of players that they can attract to their academy? Is that, yeah. or is that not fair to say on them? Yeah, I, I'd say definitely they're probably the, the biggest. It's fucking huge, man. It's that way. huge. Um, but in the same time, I think like you could look at other clubs and be like, you could do the same thing. Um, mm. I think what's been amazing about them is they've lost players throughout that and sustained that success. success. Mm. Um, like people were doubting them this year. I think they lost round one maybe and everyone was like, oh, they're done. But they've just got guys who can fill that position. And it's like, that's what we as a Storm really pride ourselves on. So I think we appreciate that more and, and watching it. But I think they're at an advantage that they've got that pool there, but there's also a lot smarter people managing that and being like, mm. okay, we can't keep everyone. So who do we keep? Who do we let go? From the Penrith perspective, like who in that lineup do you find is so pivotal? I know naturally clear, but they've just got so many pieces that stand up. And like, I read a stat the other day about Brian Toa. I think he scored nine tries in his last finals matches, yeah. five, five finals matches. Yeah. It's just like, what the hell? Yeah. I, obviously, Nathan, I think he's the way he runs that footy side, I think like you got to give everyone credit and I know it's cliche, but like that takes a lot to buy in, you know, like mm-hmm. it's for everyone to just trust that and they don't care about their reputation. They're just what's best for the team. And um, I know being part of a side like that, that takes a lot, you know, and I think Nath runs the ship there, but then you got like Isaiah Yo, who's their captain. They both co-captain and um, I think they sort of changed the game. Like they're, he's a ball playing middle, so ball playing rucky and, um, now everyone's trying to have a ball playing rookie. So really? it's just credit to him and, and the way they go about it. But they're not constantly doing the same structure. They're sort of, I guess, evolving the game. And and everyone's now looking at what they do and like, how can we be that team? And um, some teams are built for that and some teams can do it. But then also some other teams need to figure out a different way. And um, yeah, I think they're, they're constant change, but staying ahead of the game. Um, I think that's pretty impressive. So whether that's the coaching staff, or um, the key players themselves, I'm not sure. Mm. But it's something I've noticed and, and something that, I guess, yeah, successful teams, you, you always see it. They're always evolving the game and not just happy with what they're doing. Is that for you like probably what makes them the most difficult to play against? Um, yeah, I think it's probably the, kind yeah, of evolving. Or it's that, probably the buy-in. Like it's probably mm. just the buy-in and that they just do it for 80 minutes. Like you think you've got them on the ropes and then you make a mistake and it's just like they just jump on that. And that takes patience. That takes a lot of hard work in the preseason to go, we've got to trust this. And um, yes, you you got to trust your game plan. Otherwise, it's going to come undone. But they, they do it for 80 minutes. And um, it's not just their starting 17. It's the guys who come in when people are injured too. So mm. um, it's an impressive system. And everyone sort of admires to be like that. And I know Storm are at that same point as well. Um, yeah, there's still things we can take out of their system that we'd like to implement. And yeah, I'm sure that, We'll try to do that in the years to come. If we if we go off this season just for the storm, I mean, it's always kind of a success for. I mean, it's it's an expectation now for like Melbourne toys being the top four and where they are. But at the same time, was it in your eyes? Was it a great season despite, um, I guess the the, the loss in the end in the prelim? Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's, I'm going to sound so ungrateful by saying no, but like we made a prelim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We made a prelim final. There's teams who get hung out to dry because they haven't made the eight. You know, it's like. I think the standards are so high at the club that we probably do see that as a disappointing Even year. from the fanfare, like to a, to an extent, yeah. it's like, and I'm like, I think sometimes you have to like that. I'm not saying we overachieve by any stretch, but like that's yeah. still a big achievement. Oh, it's, it is a big achievement. And I think like it's something. It's, it's a bloody tough league, man. You look back on and you're like, oh, we made a prelim <laughs> and whatnot. Like you speak to Munster, I think he made a prelim nearly every year. So, <laughs> like, and you tell you're like, yeah, oh, I'm unhappy with what, what this and that. But um, I think it's just because you've experienced that being at the top, like everything below that now is a bit of a disappointment. So I know we've got the team and I know that for sure because when I wasn't playing, I had that gut feeling and I was like, oh, like I'm missing out on something that could be specially. Mm. Um Whereas, yeah, I guess if we weren't a chance, I probably wouldn't have felt that. But, yeah, I don't know. Dis- I'd, I'd say disappointing purely myself because I've been injured. But at the same time, um, you get experience to those younger guys getting into finals. And, um, yeah, you can't take that for granted. Like, mm. The finals experience is massive. And we got a lot of new guys this year in the team. And they played three finals games. So, um, yeah, hopefully that puts us in good stead for next year. But at the same time, it's 
yeah, you just want to always want to do better. I always feel like Bellamy's like now he's like he's cooking up something. Like he <laughs> he's already he's doing he's doing stuff that no one thinks he's doing. That's gonna either attract a player or some huge recruit, or he's just got some like. I don't know, potion cooking up for next year. Like, because we stay, I think that's why we love him here. And I think it's so hard. And you've obviously been a part of it. And the point is heightened by your comment around Cam Munster playing in so many prelims. But to stay consistently, mm. like for that long in such a competitive space is so crazy. And I think uh, Shanda Earl uh, spoke about it on here before, but I'm keen to get your view. Like, what is it about this, the internal standards that, it's obviously ability, but that doesn't always equate to success. So what is it about the standards that have set and the culture there that allows Storm to do that? Yeah, well, I think I think it's, it is a simple answer. I think it's like hard work and good people. Oh, really? So it's so simple. It's so simple, but I think within that there's those little intricacies that you sort of can point out. But at the same time, I feel like most clubs do that now. But a simple thing like, we're big on if you're walking past somewhere in the hallway, whether it's a staff member, it's a cleaner, you say good day, you know? Yeah. And I feel like those things build up over time. And um, that's like what the basis of everything is built off, I reckon. Like even our staff, they would be under the same standards that we are. Um, and then as a playing group too. So um, and that's what Craig's big on. He's got this saying about if you're going to do something or you want to do that as your job, make sure you do it to 100%. Otherwise, mm. find something else that you want to put your time to. Right. Um, so his work's very much like that. You see him. Come in the gym training, then he'll go cut up clips. Um, yeah, he'll be he's sort of that first in, last out guy. But I think that feeds through the squad. And yeah, I guess if you see coach doing that, then you just want to do it. As isn't a he like? Isn't he as as hard as he is, and he comes across? Isn't he like a bit of a softy too now? Yeah, is he, like he's, he's a he's a like. A, uh, it seems like I don't know if he's changed, but he seems like an absolute like ripping fella. Nah, he is a bit of a softy. I think since his grandkids have come along. <laughs> That's what everyone yes, says. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck? That's yeah. so interesting. You see him just like, they're a different human, hey? <laughs> really? Like I'll be, I obviously spent a bit of time up with him in the box this year, but you see him up there spraying blokes and just like so angry. I don't know how like, he needs a carer up there, I reckon, because it's not long before he it's not long before he tips. But um <laughs> But then you see him do that and then like we'll finish the game and we'll win and he'll still be angry, but we'll go down and then you'll see his grandkids run around and he'll be picking them up and smiling. I'm like, <laughs> how can you do that? Yeah, like, switch oh, up. Oh, it can't be healthy for <laughs> yeah. you. But, but he loves it and it's and it's good to see that side of him because you know he cares and um yeah, I'm sure if ever I needed help from him or um yeah, a bit of guidance, he'd he'd be the first one to do it. Can I you might have already answered this, but like the biggest lesson, life lesson you've got playing under him. Because I reckon he's the kind of guy that has given out a few, whether he tries to or not. Yeah, it's probably that one I probably the one I just said. Yeah. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, give it a hundred percent. Um and then another one's probably just like if you're gonna try something, make sure you practice it at training. So ah, he's really? big on, yeah, he's big on. I mean, that's like pretty if, logical. But yeah, but if you, it makes a lot of sense. If you're throwing a flick pass in the game and you haven't been practicing, he'll spray you. But if you see you're practicing it and whatnot, you'll go, well, you've been practicing, you know? And it's like, <laughs> you have that backing too. So right. I'm not, like, not going to go practice him. Like I do practice him, but probably not going to try it in the game because he's going <laughs> to spray me anyway. Yeah. But that's, that's his mantra, I think. Uh, okay, fair enough. I spoke to uh, Chris Walker the other day. I don't know if you know, yeah, do you know yeah, Chris Walker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mate, he's... Um, Obviously, a Broncos fan. I think he's Roosters first, but he's speaking about the Broncos. And I was like, what it is about them like, that's made them that sort of jump now back to sort of probably where they belong as such a big club in the NRL. And he's just like, Reese Walsh. Like, yeah. that's he just jumped on that straight away. Yeah. You obviously play a similar position to him. So, and I know you're probably a, um, a student of the game as such, but what it, what it is about him that is so amazing and so, so powerful for the Broncos? Um, I think his speed's one of them. And yeah. then probably his courage is the other. He's not afraid to take it on. And I think you look at their last game they played, I think he threw an intercept and the other team scored, but he went down that end and put the same play on, but didn't throw long. He actually went short because he knew the winger was going for the intercept. So it's like those things Smart. when you're young, learning on the go and being courageous to do that play again, I think, um, yeah, his, his why is so good. And then you got a forward pack like they do too. It's like if they're setting the platform for you, I know how easy it is to work off the back of that and, yeah, if you put, combine all those things, that's that's why he's so good. But at the same time, their team across the park. And then Anna Reynolds, their halfback. Yeah. Come from South and he's just a general. He organizes everything. And I feel like that's 
so underrated. Is it really? Because yeah. like a lot of people talk about like Payne Haas or you know, Paddy Carrigan yeah. and stuff like that. But like that, what you've spoken about, like I wouldn't think about. Yeah. Because no, like I'm not yeah. out there to know. No. Nah, so they set the platform, but it's like what you do off the back of that, like is are you painting a picture that's going to set you up for later in the game or like you just look at him and you can constantly see him thinking and like directing players around. I think that's why Sean Johnson had such a good year this year. Like you watch him play footy. Was he stiff to not get the Dally M, by the way? Or do you think I didn't watch it to be honest? I know he I know he didn't win. Yeah, like, I didn't watch it. I mean I, I didn't watch a lot yeah, of the Warriors games this year, but I I, everyone he, said he was gonna win, right? It's it's a bit I don't know. I feel like it's a weird system, the Dally M, because it's like if you're in a good team, it's so much harder to win. It's like I guess it's like the AFL too. Like because yeah. people take votes off you. Um yep. but yeah, I don't know. Like, Kalen had a really good year. He missed a chunk of time too, but I think if the first person off the top of the bat, if you think who had the best year, I'm probably saying Sean. Yes. Yeah. yeah he's, how old is he now? He's like… 33. Fuck, man. Yeah, he's bro. still so dancing, bro. I remember in 2011, I went to the grand final, so they versed Holy fuck, Manly. 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Like he was killing, like he was, like I looked up to him, mate. He was like, yeah, me, I, I looked, like, yeah, I like, I mean, he's a good looking bloke too, and he's dancing on the field. 100%, it's like, man. like he was the king, and to see him, like I think within that time, he's like had an Achilles injury, he's been the Sharks, he got shafted, now he's back home at the Warriors, and he's like, yeah, yeah, massive respect. It's been, yeah, that's it's been huge. I feel, I feel a little bit sorry for him. I'm mates with Kalen, so I'm happy for him too, but at the same time, what Sean done this year, um, I think, like I said, it's probably actually understanding the game and then watching him like direct and like pull the strings yeah. and then put plays on. It's like that was impressive. So you you probably see some of these things out in the field that I like. Obviously, naturally, I don't have the eye for to see, but some of that stuff, like that, I, that stuff fascinates me about sport because it's not until you play on the professional level do you realize maybe the guys aren't up, they're not biggest on the stat sheet or they're not getting the paid the most, but without them, your team can't win. Well, you know what I reckon it does? It limits, it takes out the chance component. Mm. If you've got some guy directing it, he's obviously understanding the game. Whereas if you have someone who's not thinking about the game, you're just coming up with plays that you've done all week. And if the defense changes, then you know what I mean? How are you going to change to that? Whereas, yeah, so it's like you've got Adam Reynolds and Sean Johnson and it's like they can read the game and go down a different path but take everyone on that path with them. Whereas like you can go into a game and you've got your game plan and if they're not doing what you think they're going to do, it's like, mm. oh shit, like how Fuck. do we change? But yeah, I, I think once again, that's a lesson I've learned this year again and something I guess we'll work on next year. Um, but yeah, I guess looking at the sides who are really good this year, like you got Nath, um, Sean and Adam, Husey too, but he'd missed a bit of time. But like, you can definitely see the difference. Is, uh, is Jerome Hughes that guy for Storm? Yeah, well, he's, he's had to learn it from 2019. So he's like, he's obviously behind the eight ball a little bit. Yeah. Like, these guys have got 10 years experience on him. But at the same time, um, he's got like Cooper Cronk as his mentor. So oh, he man. will get to that point where he's that good. And um, I think the thing he has over those other guys I mentioned is like, he's a runner, you know, like you yeah. don't want to change too much of your game. He's a runner. He's a natural ball, ball runner. Um, yeah, you don't need to over-stimulate him sometimes with what's coming up in a game. So, yeah, I think at the same time, you don't want to yeah, take away from someone's strengths. But I think this year definitely stood out, um, those halfbacks who play that sort of game. I've got a, like, a few fun ones for you um, to, to, to sort of finish off. But one thing that we've actually spoken about this before, but I want to speak about it on here because I grew up at Manchester. Yeah. So the fact that you are rubbing shoulders with Man United players <laughs> pissed me off <laughs> because I'm like, this guy's dapping up Rashford and Bruno Fernandes and like yeah. all these guys. And like, I think I messaged you. I'm like, bro, do you realize how big they are? And I think you did. But like at the same time, did you end up going to Old Trafford? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. And then now do you understand what I mean? Yeah, like, it's Freaking religion. It's, it's fucked. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. so much pressure. I mean, there's pressure on you to play every week. But there as well, it's like it can really go the the other way. Like Harry Maguire, poor guy. Like yeah, his life's not the same, you know. So, yeah. but just want to, like, how did that happen and speak you through some of the conversation? Because that, yeah. to me, is still awesome. So, this would have been like 15th of July. I reckon I know the dates because <laughs> something significant happens not, short, not shortly after. But I think, yeah, so we were on a – I'm obviously with Adidas, so – um 
there at Manchester United and um, got an opportunity to, they were doing like a little parade thing through the city and we were getting on a tram and um, like we were, so I was obviously the league athlete on there. We had CJ from the Hawks um, and we we're just, I guess, getting to meet these Man United guys. But what? I was thinking when I first, I knew I was going to meet some United players, but I was like, oh, they're probably just going to send their <laughs> neighborhoodies. But yeah. I think they were contracted to have like their, their oh, guns the big on. Dogs. So, um, anyway, we're on the tram and um, we got to meet Scott McTominay, Sancho, yeah, Rashford, who else is on there? Shaw. Like it was like, it was crazy, man. Like I, one of my best mates back home is like a tragic United fan. Like, oh, he's right. Like, yeah. Through and through. And I was like sending him photos, like Gene him up. And he was like, fuck, man. Like you don't realize how big this is. Pretty much like what you <laughs> Bro, said. Oh, man. And um, it was cool. Like you can obviously see, because there was other people on the tram um, that had bought tickets and stuff. Like they were getting hassled by them. And I was just sort of sitting back because I was like, I know. I know how you know that's feel. like yeah of course um, anyway after a while like everyone got their photos and stuff and they came and sat with us and we just had a chat and um, Scott McTominay and Luke Shaw they were just like they yeah, were loving it they were like actually asking questions of like what we do and like oh, really? it, was, it was sick like to see them actually they probably weren't interested but they seemed <laughs> they interested showed interest. yeah they showed interest and they seemed like genuine um, guys and then yeah obviously Bruno was on there as well and I think yeah we had a little chat for a bit and um I remember sort of as we were walking off the tram, um, one of the ladies runs their PR there and she just said, oh, I'm like a massive league fan. Our family's like, little leagueies, my two kids love the storm. Um, and I was like, what? Like, yes. Anyway, um, she goes, is there any chance we can come to the game tomorrow? And I was like, um, let me, like, it won't be a problem. Let me, <laughs> yeah, I'll let what, me what, see. What yeah. else you need? <laughs> anyway, I messaged, um, I messaged some people at the storm and they're like, oh, it's pretty, like, it's pretty full. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, it's, it's it's yeah, yeah Manchester United like they're like oh yeah we've got a box free. <laughs> I was like beautiful anyway um so it wasn't like the players but all the staff came and that was the um the game I did my knee so I um did my knee in that game and then a couple of nights later I think United versus Palace at the G yeah because that's where I saw I think it was Bruno yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so he he um. <clears throat> reached out that night after I got injured through the PR lady and just said, like, oh, I'm so sorry you got hurt and all this sort of stuff and wish you all the best. And I was like, that's pretty cool to get a message from Did Bruno you? Fernandes. And you technically didn't know him as a, like, nah, from a bar just that point. conversation we had on the tram. So I was like, that's really cool. Anyway. Oh, that's why he's a captain now, that well, guy. He's, yeah, those what, sort of acts, right? Yeah. Um, but then after that, um, a few days later, they like I said, they played at the G and I was – I think it was like my first day out of surgery. I was like, I'm not missing this. Like, fuck. Like, I'm going to the game. Fuck. Anyway, I go to the game. And then after the game, um, the Adidas people were just like, oh, like, we're going to go down to the, like, the, to the shed sort of thing, like down to that area. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, sick. Like, how good <laughs> this? Such a joke. And then, like, all the players are walking out past us. And, like, we had a scarf. They're all signing the scarf, having conversations with us. Like, Ten Hag, like, he spent like five, 10 minutes just chatting to us about, Anything, man. It was oh, crazy. Can you give me actually for he's so, fucking he's an interesting guy. Right, he's, he's very smart, man. Very smart, but like he just wanted to chat about footy. He wanted to chat about my injury and like he was like real he was just joking around. Like yeah. he was Dutch and I was like, I like this guy. Yeah. Humor, yeah. Well, I told him I got like I'm Dutch descent. So like that sort of got him a bit like <laughs> yeah, on board. But yeah. um it was cool. Like some players would obviously speak more than others, but um yeah, as I was sort of getting towards the end. Um, Bruno walked out with his jersey that he'd played in and he's like yeah like this is for you I was like fuck like no holy shit and then anyway um, that all happened and um, lucky enough at the end of the year I was got to go over to Manchester and go to Old Trafford and went to a few games I went to way too many games I went to like four United games how good is it though man it's 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 one of the most I mean that's why I ended up because my natural sport growing up was AFL and cricket yeah but then I had my uncle just who lived over there. He was in the reserves at Blackburn Rovers. Oh. So as soon as I got I got tickets to a Premier League game, as soon as I walked in that like a twelve year old, I'm like, this is what I want to do. That's crazy. Do you know what I mean? It's funny, it's like so crazy, how it man. changes your like want to do things. Or like, I reckon if I did that as a kid, I'd want to play football as well. Yeah, you know? it's just because it's fucking so big, oh, man. Crazy. But like anyway, Adidas really looked after us. They sort of got us into a box there, and then United did the same thing. We got to go in the sheds. Um, did you see the plays again? Oh, yeah, not- no. Oh, no, we didn't. 
No. We didn't. So we went in the sheds and like that's when Ronaldo was playing. So we pretty much seen like Ronaldo's last game for United. Like oh, it was crazy, man. Like, it was a tumultuous he scored time. a goal too. Like <laughs> they ran to the big suey. Yeah, it was so good, man. It was crazy. But um after that, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take a jersey over and give it to Bruno. Cause like that's cold by cool. you. So I love that. He um anyway, I didn't get to see him there, but I gave the um, jersey to um, the PR lady and then she handed it over to him and then he sent me a video with the jersey being like, thank you, like, how good's this? Like, go to the storm. I what? Was like, like, that's sick, but... Do you still have that video? Yeah, I got it on my phone there. Oh, uh, so, you have to show me yeah, after. Show you, you have to show me he, um, Yeah, it's like those things and like, yeah, most, everything happens for a reason. Like, if I don't do my knee, do I get that opportunity? And um, yeah, just really grateful for that and yeah, it's a cool story. Damn, bro. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, a couple of final ones for me, just because you've ticked off so much and actually for me, your uh, maturity and persona is way beyond a 25-year-old, yeah. I think. like, And it probably, I think sport does that to you in a sense as well. When you walk into a locker room with Cam Smith and Billy Slade, you have to yeah. go up pretty quick. But going off what you've achieved, what, what are some of the things that you've put out there either to yourself in your head that you still want to tick off and achieve in the game? Because I know you want to kind of leave a legacy. You've kind of got that about you. Yeah. I think I think the premiership's the main one. I think that feeling I got after that one in 2020, it was like, you want that again? And I definitely want to chase it. So that's probably the main one. Um, and then all my other ones probably revolve around just being, yeah, being a role model, being a good influence. Um, at the moment, that's for someone coming back from an injury, I guess, and trying to be that light in someone's life. And once I'm back playing, it's, um, yeah, I guess that's a, it's a different thing. But yeah, right now my purpose in life is to, I guess, help people get through a tough time and go through it and show my journey and, and be vulnerable. So I think... Are you going to document of, it? In terms of... Uh, or the club again? Are they going to sure. give, give you a bit of a break this time around? Because yeah, you went pretty hard last time. Yeah. I'm not too sure. I'll post stuff here and there, I think. But at the same time, it's like... I, Yeah. I think... I don't want to be... Right. I don't think it's as bad as what the knee was. I think the knee was cool to document just to be <clears> like... Yeah, Dude, the documentary, for anyone who hasn't watched it, I, I think it's absolutely awesome to watch. Like, and obviously now, <laughs> you, you know, perhaps has come back on recovery. But even like to watch Bill in action, yeah. like, fucking cool, man. man. He's wired differently. <laughs> yes. He's wired differently. But like, that's what I mean. Like, someone like him influenced me that little bit more to come back home and really work hard for it. And I'm like, if I can be that person for someone, um, I feel like my, my job's done, you know? Like, yeah. there's things in footy I want to achieve, but at the same time, it's only a short window where you can have an impact on someone's life. And yeah, if I can do that, then that's, I'll be happy, man. And then origins that, is that you want to get, you um, want to get that? Yeah. That sort of, it seems to me like from the outside, right. I'm very fucking strange, but origin seems to be bigger to play for your state than it is to play for the kangaroos. And I could be yeah. very wrong with nah, that, but it, it seems that way. You're, you're probably right. Um, I, I probably see him on the same level, I think. Um, which is still crazy. Yeah, which is, <laughs> which is crazy. But it's like, I think Origin, just, it's so so barbaric. And it's like this, like the sport's just that. The sport like is what that is. It's and one of my favorite events of the year. You just never know what's going to happen. And I think, I reckon international leagues going that way now where like New Zealand are the real deal, you know. I think yeah. they're ranked above Australia. So you have that sort of clash. That's cool. Um, but I think just, yeah, the whole theater of Origin, the fact it's in the middle of the season, it's like that's the the spotlight's on, everyone watches it, you know, and um, I'd love to play it, but at the same time, I'm like, I'd, I'm not bothered by it, you know. If I miss out, then I get to play with my Storm teammates and go chase a premiership. Um, and then World Cups and stuff would be cool, I reckon. That'd be really cool to make, but at the same time, like, I've still got a lot of work to do to make that, and yeah, <coughs> I'm sure my time will come, but right now it's just, yeah, yeah. I guess overcoming this injury first and then doing what's best for the Storm and, Going from oh, you're a good man. I feel like I'm going to know the answer to this final question, but it's a, a common one we ask on the uh, Unlaced podcast, which resilience, driver, ambition, three traits we attest to success in all walks of life, but particularly across your journey, they're all important, obviously, but which one sort of has been pivotal? I'm not going to say to the last 12 months because yeah. I, I assume that's resilience, but just across your journey to be the best fullback that you could have been for Melbourne Storm. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think resilience is probably the one, to be honest. Um, obviously, the injuries are quite easy to say but um then you go to moving away from home and um yeah sort of coming down here and taking that chance and feel like you have to be resilient some days you're not making the squad or you're yeah i guess not even in contention but mm. 
you sort of just got to hang in there. So I reckon resilience is one that my career has been so far and um, one that I can look back on and be, I guess, proud that I've achieved that and stuck it out because it is worth it. And everyone tells you it's worth it, <laughs> but at the time you're like, fuck, like, it's so cliche to tell me it's worth it. Like, just shut up. But um, like the feeling is, yeah, I've, I've achieved um, some great things already in my career, but there's still some things I want to go and you don't achieve those things without being resilient. Oh, well, I can't wait to watch you go through this next phase of your journey, but I know you're going to come back strong. I admire you up close and from afar. And as I said, you get grown men standing off their seat when you're running through Amy Park, mate. So <laughs> looking forward to having you back and thanks for coming on the show, bro. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate that. Appreciate you all tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. Make sure you give us a like and subscribe if you haven't. Love you lots. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning OzCast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. OzCast. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details.